Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to the Female Gaze Podcast. I'm Jesse Katz and I'm so happy because I have my little co-host in the studio. Alana Rodriguez, I'm here. I'm back. I'm so (laughs) excited to be back. It's been way too long. I've been a little rusty on the mic. I came back and now there's new mics here. Yeah, that's right. We've upgraded. Yeah, there's a candle in the middle of the table. Tim dimmed the lights for us. I'm feeling real romantic. So So are you? Okay. At 10 in the morning. All right. (laughs) (laughs) It's never too early. No. Uh, And joining us in studio today is Lolita Cross. Hi, Lolita. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for joining. Lolita is here to talk about something we haven't really addressed on the podcast, which is the visual arts. Specifically, well, we're going to talk about everything that you do. We have a lot of questions. Um, But also, you came to us by way of The Wing, which Mm -hmm. is the women's only membership co-working networking organization that has locations um it started in new york and now they're blossoming all over the country and the world honestly and um you are the art curator for the wing exactly yeah (laughs) i got it right okay good (laughs) um yeah so you're an art curator in general Mm -hmm. but you also now have this position with the wing so you curate art that is made by female identifying artists for them right and the art is actually for sale Mm -hmm. that you can find at the wing locations which is I actually didn't realize that um, until you were coming on and I read that and I was like oh I never knew you could buy the artwork that's that's good to know okay so we're gonna get to all of that but first we're gonna do a round of float your boat toot toot and be in your bonnet buzz buzz bitch <laughs> All right, Alana. Since you haven't been here in a minute, I would like for you to kick us off this Ooh, week. Okay, um, and we're doing the boats. Yeah, first. what's your boat? Okay, baby? so my boat this week is Obama, okay. for a couple of reasons. Uh-huh. One of them Barack? is Barack. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Obviously, <laughs> there are two Barack Obama, my man. There's more um, than two. Actually. There, yeah. There's a few. It well, could be Malia. Know, it could have been. Malia what, had a what week. She doing? Uh, making out with someone and what I saw a photo well this was a while ago where she was making out with some guy at a concert and I was like okay oh well this week I think it was um her Facebook page was revealed to the public (gasps) and she had a picture that she posted (laughs) of like her kitchen and there were all these post-it notes lined up above the sink that said something about like fuck Trump uh don't be complicit yeah Fuck it up. So there was like, oh my God, Malia Obama hates Donald Trump. <laughs> she has a political wow. opinion. <laughs> Crazy. I thought she would have been a big Trump supporter. No. Oh, yeah, you would think. Malia Maga. Okay, anyway. Um, so Barack is your So Barack boat. Obama is my boat this week for a couple reasons. The one is, I'm um, not sure if you guys know, but he has a foundation, MBK, my brother's keeper, specifically for men. Um, and they have all these speakers all the time. And it's all about really creating communities for men of color to band together. You know, it's just it's I could read the mission statement. We'll tweet it out, obviously, but it's amazing. So uh-huh. anyway, he was on a panel this week and um, I'll also link the article. But I really liked 
there was a question in the audience and someone basically asked for his definition of what being a man is and how it relates to the LGBT plus oh, community. Yeah. Mm. Um, and he went to say, first of all, it's about being a good human. But then he also said, if you're very confident about your sexuality, you don't have to have eight women around you twerking. <laughs> and I was like, Obama, wow. you're the man. Because yeah. yes, that's so true. I just like that he is providing this opinion of what masculinity should be with and without you know within lgbtq plus and outside of that and mm -hmm. i just love that he has this opinion and he's not afraid of sharing it mm -hmm. and he's also creating this amazing community of people who are of men who are open to discussing this kind of thing yeah um so that i like and then also which is not nearly as as important but very cool that he had this bomber jacket on and it, oh, did yeah. you see him at the fucking what was that basketball girl, game the duke unc the, game yes yeah what, i don't know what girl it was like a gorgeous woman who was not his wife next to him <laughs> and i was like who is it no one's talking about who it is Obama no I didn't see that I thought Michelle was with him but it had like the 44 on it and it was like super cute and it was awesome and it wasn't even made for him he just um bought it okay so anyway whatever I love I him dig it that's great okay <laughs> that's it uh okay I'll go and then okay. we'll have you go okay um my vote this week is a show that I've been watching and loving called I'm Sorry it's on True TV but the first season is on Netflix now and it's in its second season so just quickly the show stars this woman Andrea Savage who created it and stars in it um who's this awesome comedian she used to be in Groundlings and then she's popped up on various other shows like Veep and episodes and then she finally was able to write and create a vehicle for herself in um, which she plays a comedic writer living in LA who's married to a dude and has a daughter. And that's kind of the whole crux of the premise of the show. But what I love about it is that she's very much a comedian in the show, meaning that every kind of scene is about her being wacky and funny and like just saying something really off the wall. And like the entire role that her husband plays is to just be in that scene with her and to be amused by her and to <laughs> laugh at her yeah. and to be like the straight man to her and I could see this actually being a little off-putting for people if they don't think that she's funny I happen to think that she's really funny but I just love the fact that we have a show where like a narcissistic woman comedian can just fluff her feathers and that's the whole point of it is yeah. for her to be funny and everyone else is just there to kind of support her comedy I mean it is interesting right because it's like okay so her husband, all he has to do in every scene is to just be a supporting character to her. And so if the gender roles were reversed, maybe we'd be annoyed if it was about a male comedian and his wife in every scene is just laughing yes, at everything he says. Yeah. yeah. Right. A hundred percent. But like something you and I were just talking about, Alana, before we started the episode was the idea of like reverse sexism, reverse racism. Do those things really exist? Right. So like. I think in a vacuum, maybe they do, but in the world that we live in where things are so unequal still and women are not ever given the platform to take up all the attention in the room, it doesn't bother me that in this circumstance, there's a man whose entire existence is to laugh at his wife's jokes. Yes, yeah. toot toot. Yeah, exactly. I like that. Okay. Yeah, I like that too. All right, Lolita, what What's do you up, got? Lolita? Um, I went to Chicago recently and I feel like that's still been floating my boat. Yeah, <laughs> I've never like been the there city before. Of Chicago? Yeah, dope. Because well, I went there to visit a bunch of artist studios and okay. I, from the research I had done, I kind of saw that there was some cool things happening, but like meeting with all the artists, I had like 20 meetings that week, seeing them and like, seeing what's being done there gave me so much hope so that was number one and number two I didn't know that it was a big food city 
Uh, and the food yes. there was next level. It was incredible. Like, I think really, of really barbecue and pizza. Everything. Is there more to it? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every, like fancy, fancy food that's yeah. like not even that expensive. Like right. people knowing, like I had wine at dinner for every meal, which like I rarely do, uh-huh. except if it's really good wine and really good beer and right. really good. Yeah, it's just, it was incredible. Okay. Like $3 fried chicken, just as good Hell as yeah. like really fancy meals. And like. That's the Midwest amazing. for you. Chicago. Yeah, I did not know. So Chicago, go. So okay. you're, mo- you're moving to Chicago? Chicago. I'm in Chicago. Yeah, I'm like looking for an apartment. The wing. Do you hear that? Yeah. Let's except go. you were just complaining about the weather in New York this morning. I don't think you yeah. can handle Chicago weather. And also was there the day after the crazy polar vortex. Actually, right. my oh flight God. was was pushed back. But I was kind of I was like, this is so crazy. Like the fact that I get to experience this is yeah. like pretty amazing. It's like going oh, to yeah. Antarctica. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You're like, it's cool if I don't have to live here every day. Yeah. Yeah. Will, no, yeah. I think Chicago is probably the best that the Midwest has to offer. I'm allowed to say that because I'm from the Midwest. I'm from Ohio. Um, and you know we have great cities in Ohio too but mm. Chicago is like the New York of the Midwest or the whatever Chicago's the rad I love yeah. Chicago were you there specifically for female for the, yeah, yeah 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 I was visiting uh, female identifying artists that's awesome yeah what about amazing. the art there was different than here paintings tons of paintings it was nice to see that whenever huh. I hear people saying painting is dead it's like a thing to say apparently I've, I completely disagree and I tell people to go to Chicago what's the <laughs> predominant medium here in New York mm, I think it's a little bit of everything Okay. People, most people Multimedia. in New York come from different cities. So I feel mm. like they kind of bring that uh, luggage with them. Mm. But there it's like they go to school for painting most of the time. Like okay. the Arts wow. of Chicago is very painting heavy. You go right. to the museum there. It's like all the biggest masterpieces. So I think a lot of people are inspired by it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, painting, painting God, heavy. You have a cool job. I was just <laughs> I thinking that. Yeah. I was like, fuck, <laughs> this episode like, is going to give me a complex 100%. that I did everything wrong in my life. Yeah. Because I love your job. Your I'm about so to go far. back to my office and be full <laughs> on my fucking computer okay B yes what's your Um, B okay well so I know Jesse already kind of touched on this um, in the previous episode but Jesse Smollett the you're my B man well now we have updates now we have updates so yeah just for everyone who is unaware well I don't think you would ever be unaware but just a brief update is Mm -hmm. news came out that Jesse did in fact make up the fact that he was um, the victim of a hate crime a hate crime yeah so he paid 3500 bucks to get two guys to do what he says he did and wrote Um, them a check right wrote them a yeah. check idiot <laughs> i know i'm just like bro it it pisses me off because every like, part of it is embarrassing every yeah. part of it is embarrassing but also like a hate crime like those are actual things that happen i know and the more that you're the boy that cries wolf right the less that people are going to put value in the victims who are actually victims mm-hmm. of hate crimes yeah so that bothers me and for yeah. what bro totally because you weren't getting a big enough check on empire yeah. for what right so when we talked about this on the last episode, we were kind of getting live updates while we were talking about it that it looked like maybe the whole thing was a hoax. So what I said then, which I just want to reiterate now, is that regardless of what happened with Jesse Smollett, the point is hate crimes have been on the rise in the U.S. in the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. This is legit. It happens to non-celebrities every day in this country. So let's just remember that this was a weird anomaly and because it was a famous person, it's all that we're talking about. Right. But there's underreported hate crimes happening constantly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, Trump, of course, tweeted about it immediately and is going to take us all the way through the election uh, as proof that MAGA is great (laughs) and liberals are evil. Right. So let's just keep our eye on the prize. Yeah, if there's one micro, micro positive is that he put, you know, a voice or a face, a celebrity face to something that's happening 
like you said, under. But yeah, if people I just, remember if to people, frame it well, that way. Well, exactly. And I doubt that they will. I'm right. just trying to find like, you know, the silver lining, silver lining here. But it's just I'm bummed. It's a huge fucking bummer. It sucks. Yeah, I agree. That's a good B. Yeah. All right. Um, my B this week. So I predicted this one might be my B months ago, I think. I said that if Bernie Sanders declared his candidacy for 2020, he would be my B every week until the election. <laughs> so he did declare. And listen, I know this is a controversial B because I know a lot of our listeners are Bernie supporters. And uh, like respect, you know, I think all of the candidates in the Democratic Party would be better and would save us from this hellhole that we find ourselves in in this country. Mm -hmm. Um so this week, I'll just pinpoint something that Bernie said that particularly pissed me off, which is he said he thinks that the candidates this year should be looked at regardless of their gender or their race or their age, which was really what he was talking about. He's saying, you know, don't come after me for because I'm a million years almost old. 80 by the time I'll be in the White House. Right. Jesus. But <laughs> for a white man to say, don't look at candidates, gender or race is actually fucked up to me because I think those things can be incredible assets. And when I look at all of the women that are running in the Democratic Party this year, I'm so heartened by that. And, you know, and Kamala Harris is a woman of color. And I think there's so much that you can bring to the table being a not old white man, yeah. you know, that uh, I just think it's like he's just so tone deaf. He's missing the whole fucking point when he says something yeah. like that. And also I think he's saying what he thinks the public wants to hear. Like right. that's such an old say, you know, let's yep. regardless of age, gender, blah, blah, blah. Like that's just such an archaic, in my opinion, expression Yeah, that he's just saying it to, I, I think to f be more quote open. Right? right. But like, let's actually get to the point. I honestly, I'm agreeing with your B this week. Okay. <laughs> I agree. It is very controversial. Yes. Because Bernie <laughs> is, great uh-huh I the issue that I have and the reason why I'm siding with you my sister this week <laughs> is because I don't want the votes to be split the way they were when Hillary was running okay you know like right well but so just to be clear he didn't split the votes because yeah. Hillary became the candidate Correct. and ran against Trump. But, Correct. but what I do think he did is he stayed in the race for so long yes. trying to tear her down right. that he weakened her as a candidate. Right. So by the time she was in the general election, she was, she already. was tarnished uh, for many reasons, yeah. but he definitely didn't help. Yeah. And it was... Uh, my opinion is that it was arrogance that kept him in the race longer than he should have been. And it feels like arrogance to me again that he's running again because we have so many other candidates that Incredible are candidates. new and could bring some fresh blood into our yeah. political system. Yeah. Okay. I'm down with you. I'm down. Anyway, so the non-American in the group. <laughs> like, we won't put you on record about Bernie <laughs> yeah. Sanders. What's your, what's your B this week? Um... I have a couple, but I'll probably stick Ooh, let's to... Let's talk about all of them. Let's talk about... Okay. <laughs> all right. Please. People always have more bees than both. Yeah. I'm really sad I for this. Know, these are angry it's people. Know. It's not... Well, it's I have right. tons of good things, but um, there was one ad in the subway that I was telling my boyfriend about. He was like, no one cares, but I I care, and I think it's funny. Um, it's like basic. I think it's actually pretty messed up, and no one talks about it, and I think it's like so messed up because it's so old school, but there's uh -huh. like two ads that are like next to each other one is like 1-800 bankruptcy and mm -hmm. the other one is 1-800 
diamonds or something. And it's, one <laughs> is basically targeted to men being like, when you go bankrupt, and the one right next to it is, when you when your husband goes bankrupt, diamonds aren't forever. Like, get a divorce. Oh, the other one is one eight hundred divorce. What? So basically, it's like it's like oh. targeted, and it's like the the head. I don't know if you guys have, you guys haven't seen this no. one because you haven't paid attention because it looks so ghetto. It's so old, and oh no God. one looks at it except for me. And it's in every subway station. It's like now in I'm all gonna the keep trains. my eyes peeled. It's so insane. It's like a hot, like you know, like a manicured hand with like a big diamond on it. It says yeah. like one eight hundred divorce, and the one next what? to it is like bankruptcy. <laughs> what? That's um, crazy. Yeah, that one is. I think it's just funny that no one talks about it because I think it's so like out there, like sexist, old school. All of it, right? Um, All but of it. It's insane. So the divorce ad is for a law firm. No, it's basically like both are published by law firms. Like both are like ads oh, for okay. law firms. Okay. And in one case, you can get like a. a attorney in case you're getting bankrupt okay. and the other one you're getting an attorney in case you're getting divorced but both are like placed in such ways that you kind of assume that like once the, that guy goes bankrupt that chick is getting divorced get out exactly of get out of she has that rock yeah exactly oh she's like how do Dude. i cash out of that rock? yeah what the, the subliminal fuck? messaging it's, yo man it's scary it's scary yo it I also makes that. me think though i don't i've been having this well i'm always having this debate with myself and with my friends about like the importance or value of dating someone who does have a lot of money oh yeah because like myself and a lot of my friends are like creative types that have never been on some lucrative <laughs> career path <laughs> and so we're always like god it would be so nice to yeah. partner with someone who had a lot of money just so yes. it would like take a little bit of that edge off of totally. this uncertain future that we all have but then we all are just hopelessly attracted to other poor people 100 percent. i love poor people yeah um but sometimes i wish i was that that woman who married a man for his diamonds and then Uh, divorced it is a life diamonds and had a pill problem and drank pinot grigio every night yeah Yeah. you know doesn't that sound nice we all have our strengths right (laughs) (laughs) so what else you got another bee up your sleeve what's up well the other one that is just like a kind of a constant one is just the lack of representation of women in the arts you know that's kind of like overall yeah, in general perpetual like, and i think it yep. is changing but i was just in i was doing a panel in San Francisco with four of the artists that we have out there and um and they were all great and they were all talking about basically how there's no it was just a reminder that there's no women in museums and no women of colors and it's Damn. just i mean there are some but it's you know, work in progress. Yeah, <laughs> we're not yeah. there yet, and people still associate me with like working with female artists instead of saying I just work with artists. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, which is a constant reminder that like male artists are just artists, and female artists are female artists. Right. Um, so, were you moderating that panel? Yeah. Do you find that women artists are tired of talking about this? Yeah, I think I think some of them are. I went to another panel that was like most like you know feminist artists from the seventies before, some of which are featured in The Wing, um, yeah. and they were. You know, they were more vocal about it because they it has been like they have been feminist artists. Like mm-hmm. they were talking about how like, you know, they were from that generation and it's like part of their work. But some artists make work about architecture and they don't want to be reminded that they're women all the time. Like, right. People ask me all the time if I work with feminist artists and I tell them some of them are, but not of them, you know, not all of them are. Like right. I think there are some women who want to who make work about like global warming. I don't yeah. know, but different things. Um, just okay. Like men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So So that so I have a lot I want to ask you kind of in that same vein. So um, let's just take a quick break. But we will be right back with Lolita to talk visual art and the female gaze. (laughs) 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, so this is something that I really wanted to pick your brain about because I honestly don't know how I feel about it or how I would begin to approach this topic, which is... Um, the idea of the female gaze in visual art and what does that mean exactly unless you're talking about, for example, photographs of women mm -hmm. <laughs> or photographs of people or paintings of people. But if you are talking about anything that's more abstract or expressionist, what does the female gaze mean? Does that even exist? I mean, it's I, we've generally decided on this podcast it's not enough that something is made by uh, a female identifying artist because they can still perpetuate the male gaze. Mm -hmm. So it's not just that women are creating these things. So then what does it mean? Does it mean anything? The female gaze when women In, are making are basically creating that gaze. Yeah. But like so if you um, like you mentioned an artist who, de who depicts architecture. Mm -hmm. Right. So can you. Could you see the female gaze in art like that? What like does a that female mean? approach? I mean, I don't think so. You know, there are some artists where you can definitely tell it was made by a woman. Mm. Like, what's um, an example? I think it's you more about the personality. Someone, I think it's more okay. about the personality. Like, there are some pieces that only a woman would think about when making art. You know, mm. like, maybe looking more about, um, like, introverted. Like, looking at how they're feeling that day and mm -hmm. how that's affecting their painting. Mm. Uh, maybe thinking more about just things that in general male are less uh, male artists are less aware of. I think women mm. are, have a, an aspect to them that's very aware of their own body, of their surroundings, of their environment. So I think that in that way gets reflected in the work. And that's mm. something that you feel like you can identify in a work of art without yeah. knowing the context of why it was yeah, created. I think so. Okay, I think so. Um, However, if somebody were to be like, oh, it's actually a, a guy who made that, uh -huh. then I would be like, oh, that's interesting. Like, I wonder what his approach is. Like, mm. with art, that's the thing with, that's super important with art to keep in mind is that everything is about context. So right. you can have, like, the, a piece that looks exactly the same, mm -hmm. but the context of how it was made and, like, what the intention is behind it mm. will change your entire vision of it. Mm -hmm. Um, so in that way, if a woman makes something, yes, it adds in a certain way. However, certain certain pieces are so not about that, that in that way, the female gaze is completely out of it. Or just like not right. the female mm -hmm. gaze, because a gaze is something completely different. But like the female touch mm -hmm. is completely removed from it. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. I mean, I, I don't know if we've really gotten into this on the podcast yet, but I do think that a a man can also utilize the female gaze. Like when you described it maybe as being something that's more introspective, for example, mm -hmm. right? Like a, a man can certainly work with introspection. Sure. Yeah. And I actually was watching a documentary recently. It was a British one. And one of the episodes was talking about how 
even though you are a male or a female identifying physically, mm-hmm. your brains can be the opposite gender. Mm. So they did a mm. bunch of tests where they put groups of men and women together and they had them do certain tasks. And apparently if you have a more male skewing brain or a female skewing brain, you'll do those tasks differently. And so at the end, they did a lineup and they were like, these men actually had a more female skewing brain. They did everything. So I'm going to have to look this up because I'm not as informed, but it was like certain traits that women would do or certain ways like women are supposed to be more tactical in sure. X, Y, and Z and men are supposed to okay. in what PQ and whatever. So meaning even so, like using me as an example, I'm female identifying. But you could have a masculine brain. But I could still have brain. a male skewing brain. So let's say you're, yeah, so let's say you're creating a work of art. Uh-huh. Perhaps your art isn't even female gaze right. at all because your brain is yeah. wired more masculine. I'm crisis after this. Right. So I'm curious. Yeah. Is there a way to test this? Is there, yeah, there is. Can I there go is. get a test? Okay. I'm going to look all this up for you guys because yeah. I think it's pretty fascinating because um, like you said to your point a man could create a work of art that is incredibly female gazy right yeah and for what you know maybe it's just their brain yeah i would be curious to see two pieces of the same you know like let's say we get two architects and we say draw a blueprint of the same thing and see if someone you know with your experience could identify who did what yeah that would be interesting that would be interesting um, so yeah. I want to work backwards to how you started doing this, but just to kind of stay in the present for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious about something that I read that you said, because you've done a few interviews. <laughs> oh, you're oh, you're a it? person who gets interviewed. <laughs> um, no, it's just interesting. It was something about when you were approached to work for The Wing mm-hmm. and to curate this art by female identifying artists. And you said that um, at first it seemed like a restriction because you mm-hmm. would have to look past artists that mm-hmm. you would normally be interested in curating. Um, and then it and then somehow it it opened up for you mm-hmm. and you decided to do it. So can you just like tell us about that? Yeah, it's kind of like I was thinking about it this morning. Actually, there is um, something about a, a rule when you apply a rule, like when mm-hmm. you apply certain um how you call that? What's another word for role? Like certain restrictions. Restrictions, exactly. Yeah. You you directly think about all the things you can't do. Yeah, right? totally. Uh, like, you know, you tell a kid, don't touch that plug. <laughs> the first thing you're going to do is wanting to touch it yeah. because they're just like, oh, I want to know what's out there. Right. So the first thing I was like, oh, I can't use this and this and this and this person. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, Alana, I feel like that describes Literally, it. that's, I was just thinking, <laughs> I have a scar on my finger because my mom literally said, don't touch that plug. And I did when I was a kid and I electrocuted myself. So yeah, oh, yeah. you're right. Jesus you're right. <laughs> Keep going. Um, but yeah, so you have that first, like, you know, reflects at first. And um, and uh, also, you know, working with shows before, I mm-hmm. every single time I did a group show, I never really thought about gender. And I always ended up naturally with 50-50, mm-hmm. like male-female. And right. um, I never really thought about it. So I worked with pretty much both at all times. Uh-huh. Um, and I had just been working with, like, a couple male artists who were talented, and I was excited to be showing them. Anyway, so I had that. And then the second thing is that I was thinking about about female artists and when you think about female artists the first people who come to mind are like Frida Kahlo <laughs> right. Uh, right. Georgia O'Keeffe and right. like basically like That's two it. or three like super famous female artists and you're like oh all the other ones like I don't know who they are like they're not famous uh-huh. and then you think back about like the papers you wrote in college and like those artists that you connected with that you just didn't think about the fact that they were female or male that you just thought about their art and so I my brain kind of switched mm. and I went into my old self of just looking at art and then remembering that like half of the art I like is 
made by female identifying artists. Mm. Um, and so that's how I kind of went back to it. Because okay. um, if you were already curating shows that were 50-50 male-female, mm -hmm. that means you made an intentional effort to include women because it's not 50-50 in the marketplace, I'm assuming. It's not, but I think it's just because I was surrounded by both female and male artists because I went to school mm. in a in a liberal arts school. Okay. So I was surrounded by people who went to the school with the same chances. And then right. when they left school, they didn't get the same chances. But right. at first, everybody studied the same thing. You know, the classes yeah. were 50-50. It's just yeah, that right. when they get out, you don't get that same split. Yeah, welcome to yeah. the real world. So... So then when you started doing this for the wing, did it feel gratifying? Yeah. I yeah. mean, the first, like, it's funny once you open that door of, like, the amount of artists mm. that you are, that you're allowed to work with. It's like some kind of, like, of, like, gold card where you can literally like, go up to anybody being like, hey, would you want to be part of this exciting project? And they say yes. And you say, oh, my God, I did not expect them to say yes, but no. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, people just keep saying yes. And, and the more you talk, I mean, I'm sure you guys get that with, like, interviewing people all the time. But the more you talk to artists and to people in general, the more you find connection in each of them. And the more you're like, oh, mm. you should meet this person, that person. Totally. And you do that with art. Mm. So it's amazing to be like, wow, you guys might not meet each other this year but your art will be hanging out next to each other and like when I'll be walking through uh, collectors or just people in general who want to learn more about art I can mm -hmm. tell them like you know what's cool this artist was you know obsessed with this artist growing up and they're in the same room now like how cool is that? That's crazy. So that's super gratifying it's seeing also people who are not necessarily versed in the art world appreciate art for what it is instead mm -hmm. of thinking like oh I don't know like I didn't study art history like <laughs> right. I don't really want to go yeah. for it um, that's also amazing so there's like every aspect of my job is exciting because everyone ends up being stimulated in different ways so that's really it's just it's incredible yeah I mean I'm also a filmmaker and I've been trying to work with an exclusively female or, or non-binary identifying crew and it is harder to find those mm -hmm. people because they're given fewer opportunities to hold a camera or do lighting yeah. or whatever but then when you do put in the effort you will find them and then it's incredibly gratifying to be able to uplift and to showcase the amazing talents of people who don't really get the chance yeah yeah did you um have any moment because I think some people struggle with this about the wing in general and this kind of goes back to the idea of is there such thing as reverse sexism mm -hmm. of like well what is the value really in having women only space and women only artists and like is this like an act of exclusion and I sorry no go ahead um I've I've thought about it because before when I was told there was women only shows, I was uh -huh. like, oh, women don't need to be shown only with women. I need to be shown with like Richard Serra, like with, like, yeah. you know, other male. And then I had the reverse effect because I realized that by only showing female artists, they just become artists. Like yeah. all of a sudden they're not exclusive. So you don't need to be like, oh, she's actually a female artist. How exciting is that? You're like, no, they're just artists. Yeah. And so right. your brain, instead of our brain always thinking he, 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 when you talk about an artist, my brain just thinks she, 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 she. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And that's a pretty interesting switch to be like, oh, I don't have to think about them as like, only being female and now when I have clients from you know outside of the wing anybody who reaches out to me being like oh I want to like buy art I don't know who to buy I need something for mm. my wall I mm. need to invest my money I need blah 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 the sorry the first like I don't know like 20 artists I'm going to send them are going to be female just because that's all that's on my brain you know right. so like it is giving more opportunity to women at the end of the day to, yeah. to have that kind of platform I'm not excluding men I'm still including like you know two or three male artists I've been working with but 
uh, it's mostly female because that's who I've been working with. That's who I know. That's who I can tell you like, yeah, she's going to do great. Uh, she's going in that direction. Like, you know, everybody is like evolving with it. But I. So you're talking about work you're doing outside of the wing. Well, no, but it's it's in, so basically when a client comes to me and be like, I want to I want to buy art. I work right. with like, I don't know, like 50 plus artists mm-hmm. okay. these days okay. that are all shown across, you know, across the the states uh-huh. um, and these are all like female identifying artists so okay. my work Got because it. all the pieces are for sale extends to outside of the wing as well sure can you I, I'm suddenly realizing I don't really understand how your job works yeah do the or how this <laughs> how this profession works right. or this right, art right. world do these artists only work with you no okay no 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 they don't work with me basically I am um, I guess another way of understanding it better is that if I was their agent right so it's a little bit of like in the walls of the wing, I'm their agent. Okay. Uh, for those who do not have a gallery, other artists that I show are famous and they have mm. galleries and they have their own agents. Like they're good. So in that case, when I consign their pieces, meaning when they're like loaned to me and then I like put them on the on the space and they're for sale, uh-huh. uh, I'm in touch with their gallery and like their gallery and I are kind of like partnering to like you know sell a piece. Okay. Uh, so if they have clients that's interested by a piece that's in the wing, yeah. I you know I talk to them I you know led their their people into the space to sh- look at the piece and then talk to them about it etc so just quickly going back because I'm not sure if I'm totally clear but the wing doesn't mandate that you only bring in female identifying art they do or they do they do they do is there a world where the other gaze is accepted such as trans non-binary? Yeah, 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 yeah. is yeah, it yeah, just def- non-male yeah it's non-male it's basically what it is we have trans artists but trans in men um yeah I've I've spoken to well actually I've spoken to a trans artist who didn't identify with either, with either or and that wasn't a problem with the wing at all like I don't think they would care at all yeah. but what uh, the artist didn't feel comfortable being put in a in a case of of uh, female, female identifying because he didn't right. well, they didn't feel female identifying how do you when you're curating um, these different pieces of art what's your process like is there a theme or is it just a, a time or the people that you're in contact with how like what's that whole process how do you get that together um it's so yeah, tell us to... about these dates that you go on yeah, when God, you do yeah. studio visits yes. uh, so basically when i know we're going to open into a city mm-hmm. i do research on the city i do research on the art scene going from like articles about like the cool artists or just like anything of like you know there's always articles about like the top 10 things you should look up yeah. um so i look at press for artists and then okay. I look at a residency program because mm-hmm. these are that's the gold mine to finding good artists like they always you know in like you can go to one spot and there's like 20 studios and you can just do like one after the other mm-hmm. um, and then looking at galleries also because they mm-hmm. kind of dictate what it is and they have artists that are interesting and I always want to meet with galleries in general because they do an incredible job at working with artists, supporting them and selling them. So it's always important for me to include them in the process as well. So an artist must have already passed through some initial threshold for you to discover them, it sounds like. Yeah, or Instagram also. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I discover a lot of artists on Instagram. But cool. usually it's hard to like locate them. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I usually have like, you know, that save option on Instagram. And I yeah. go back mm-hmm. every time we open to a new city to see if any of them are in the city. Oh, cool. <laughs> Most of them are like, you know, either like all over the place or right. they're like in L.A. or New York. So, right, yeah. right, right, right. Um, so yeah, that's a process. And then when I get there, I start schedule. Well, I schedule all the studio visits uh, before going there, seeing if they're interested in the concept. Because some people are like, "Oh, I don't know. I sell my pieces. I don't loan them for a year." Uh-huh. Um, and then when I meet with them, I what's important for me is to have a conversation about what they do. I always tell them, "What's your background? Where did you come from? Like, how did you become an artist?" Like, I was wondering how much of it is you evaluating their mm-hmm. art and you 
connecting with them as a connecting person. with them i don't need to connect with them okay. but i need to connect with wider artists mm. like i've had some artists being like oh my background was in um i don't know in like politics and then like well not politics is already like engage in art <laughs> yeah. like my background is in like economics uh-huh. and and uh i just like really love paintings on sunday so i just paint on sundays i'm like okay well maybe not you know yeah, totally. uh, so that's what i mean by background it's like why like what's your drive uh-huh. and and do you have one mm, you know some yeah. some artists are very happy just like painting on sundays and not doing anything else mm-hmm. other artists like you know have a game plan and and they want to show places and they're excited and therefore they're kind of aware of the market as well they can place themselves in and uh, in the market or in general in like uh, in a conversation mm-hmm. in some kind of conversation so these are important for me as well yeah. uh, and then some artists you know every artist has like a different way of of uh, connecting with their work mm-hmm. um, and it's important for me to make sure that I can I, I feel like a good artist is somebody who can summarize in one sentence what they do um, and and yeah when they're very concise about what they do and, and if you connect with them directly mm-hmm. um is just exciting and you want to like share that story with the clients you're going to be selling the pieces to yeah, yeah. so I that's kind of my process yeah. it's basically like if the conversation is good for an hour right. and and we have you have like work that i know my client would also yeah. like you know there's some pieces that are that i loved but they're like too complicated in terms of installation so you know i also have to think about the spaces i'm going to be showing yeah. them into you know the, it is a co-working space um, it's not I don't want people to get confused if it's art or if it's mm-hmm. not you know mm-hmm. so yeah. when it's too conceptual I can put it there but it doesn't matter because you know I can always do like a solo show with them or like yeah. you know something outside of of the wing it's right. also so helpful to have those conversations I feel because you are the one that is going to be there talking and educating people exactly. as yeah, well yeah, yeah. if yeah. there's not like a good story yeah. or if you're not you know into it it's going to be harder to yeah yeah I can't I, I can't sell something I'm not passionate about exactly what is the that. exact challenge for women artists in the marketplace what's happening what's the problem you know i think for a very long time because their price was so low people thought that it was because they were cheap like mm-hmm. because they were just like oh if it's cheap it must not be good uh, and now they're finally understanding that is because they were undervalued yeah uh, and that's changing people's minds that's so interesting so um this organization called ladies get paid we're gonna have the founders on the show soon uh we heard one of them claire talk about this at the wing actually um at a talk they did there and um she and a a few other women she was speaking with were talking about how when you're negotiating for a salary at work that we fall into this trap of thinking if we ask for a smaller amount of money then we're more likely to get it and to you know um but they were saying you know people associate quality with a price tag mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so if you're selling yourself for cheap they're gonna think you're probably not worth yeah. that much yeah. sometimes if you ask for more money they're like oh they must be worth a lot because they have a higher price yeah. tag mm-hmm. yeah so it makes sense that it's the yeah. same in the art world yeah it is i mean the art world is made on money i mean those prices right. are completely made up you know mm-hmm. right. they change all the time right they're stupid for i mean you know if you're we're being honest about it like it's stupid to spend millions on an artwork yeah it's something you put above your couch you know yeah the only thing is that it's all about you know, it's like stocks. It's like Status it's all too. about. It's mm-hmm. all about like it's an investment. Yeah, it's an investment. It's about it's about marketplace. It's about mm-hmm. like putting yourself. It's like a handbag. You know, yeah. it's like you're putting yourself in a marketplace and you're matching it or 
you know, are right. you cheaper or more expensive than yeah. another artist? Right. So how did you go from being, were you an, you were an was, art history major, yeah, right? Yeah. At Bard. Mm-hmm. How did you go from that, which is, you know, a fairly common liberal arts mm-hmm. degree and, you know, a kind of liberal arts college like a lot of us went to where we learned useless things. <laughs> and then in a pretty short amount of time, you've turned this into a very fascinating and healthy career. And mm-hmm. it seems like you understand a lot about the marketplace and I'm sure they weren't really teaching that at Bard. No, I think that's something that kind of comes with experience. It's okay. like a lot of it. Um, but basically, I was studying art history and I just loved studying about it. I just thought it was so interesting to see how someone's brain could work and how they could create something. And, mm. and Are you an artist yourself? I was no, liter- not at all. I think that's exactly why. Because <laughs> I look at artists like they're aliens yeah. and they're geniuses. Uh-huh. And I'm like, wow, I could never do what you do. <laughs> I have right. so much respect for them. Uh, but basically, I just saw I just saw the amount of of ama- amazing artists that have been producing works for the past you know thousands of years, mm-hmm. and I was uh-huh. just like, wow, that's so cool! Like, huh, wonder if like the people surrounding me in like photo programs and like film programs and studio arts program are doing cool things that maybe one day I'll be learning about in school, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so I started doing studio visits with my peers, um, and then from just that on I, campus, you just on did campus, it. Okay. yeah, and on then your own. yeah, exactly. Uh, and I, I found that a lot of the conversation I was having were like just as exciting as the ones I was having in class. And I was just like, OK, well, maybe I can do a show with them and maybe I can see how that works. Mm. So I did my first show when I was in college. And then after I was like, well, OK, it's easier to do a show in college. Like, you know, you find an empty apartment, you put art there, you have your friends come. Like, maybe I'll challenge myself. And before I graduate, I'll do a show in New York. Wow. So I did a show in New York with a couple of friends. Uh, it was like a benefit for the victims of Sandy was right after the hurricane happened. Oh, wow. Uh, and so and what kind of space did you do this in? I did it in a Chinese restaurant. Um, Man, I I'm want, obsessed I was, <laughs> with that. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I really wanted it to be um, to be a little bit funky. And I also, I always think about my friends and my parents and my family and how they're not well-versed in art and they're, you know, they kind of like think of art as like, okay, well, it's mm. like an ordeal. We have to like go see an exhibition is what people do. Mm. So I want to make it as accessible as possible mm. and having it in a Chinese restaurant that was one night only so people could have fun, they could drink. Uh, it was like, you know, the space is very kitschy. I had We had basically like turned it around uh, and it was also a really good way for me to ask my friends who I thought were talented on top of like famous artists mm. who were talented but were also just more famous. So I knew that people in New York would want to come to the, to the space because of all the famous artists and be like, maybe I can buy a famous art piece and maybe I can see a famous artist, yeah. uh, but then really walk out with like having paid three times the estimated price for a 19-year-old artist that was dope. Wow. Uh, so incredible. that was pretty cool to be like, okay, well, people will basically sell, uh, people will basically buy what's good and and be smart about it if they're well-educated. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's awesome that you're putting a fresh spin on what an exi- like an exhibition could look like because even there, you know, you said your parents, they might be like, oh, that's we have to do this. But also there's a lot of younger kids mm-hmm. out there who just feel like maybe they're not well-versed enough to yeah. be in a space like that. Everybody. Super uncomfortable, right? Literally Even everybody. adults. <laughs> Literally yeah. everyone, I don't think yeah. I have a single friend who feels confident about art. My, yeah. So my sister was an art history major. She actually studied about in French, in, in France, sorry, speaks French. She's very, but her, the way that she looks at everything is so unlike anything I'm used to like she appre- she could look at this microphone and appreciate the art about it you know what I mean <laughs> right. so if she's going but to an exhibition but you don't have to have that kind of no, brain you that's don't, the thing yeah. we've not made up this barrier about yeah, it totally. exactly totally. I always tell people I think for some reason like 
us humans have such a like organic relationship with music, mm-hmm. with movies, with books. We laugh, we cry, we listen to yeah. all of them with so much joy. But for some reason, the fine art thing is such a blockage. It's yeah. like mm-hmm. people think of it as like, oh, I don't know. It's like I'm supposed to like picture like the end of the world while looking at this like white piece <laughs> white, of canvas. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no, you can just roll your eyes and be like, I don't like that, but I like yeah, this one over there because exactly. it's funny. It makes me laugh. And I right? think that's the beauty of art. There are no rules. And yeah. people, especially now, feel confined to have rules and like, what am I supposed to feel when I'm looking at this? And why, you know, like just fucking feel. And if you don't I like know. it, bye. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with that. It took me until literally this year to be able to admit to anyone that I don't really love Jackson Pollock. I just I don't feel anything when I look at those, yeah, and you I felt big shame about painting. it. My yeah, whole big, big bloody life. jizz. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's so stupid. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. It, it, yeah, yeah. Listen, I still I still have to struggle. It's still some sometimes I'm just like I don't really like that artist. Yeah. Nobody likes it. Right, yeah. right, right. Like, I don't fucking get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's all subjective. Yeah. It's fine. Art's cool. There's enough for everybody. Exactly. 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 Um, I also read something about you that I thought was interesting that I wanted to ask you about, which mm-hmm. is that you're big into meditation. I am. Although mm. I've been very bad these past few okay, weeks. Okay, so that's what yeah. I wanted to ask you because I read that you do it twice a day. Yeah, I so, was doing it twice a day when I said it. Okay, because I study transcendental meditation, which is twice a day. I don't know if that's particularly what you practice, I think so. but I think so. um, but my practice is terrible. I'm lucky if I do once a day. I but yeah. I did. You were talking about how um. It's actually just this amazing practice and restfulness and Mm -hmm. is like better than a nap, which I often use it for, which doesn't (laughs) sound very profound. No, but honestly, it's Mm -hmm. huge because we're tired all of the fucking time. We're running around like rats, especially if you live in a place like New York. And to have this practice where if you can just find a place to go or even I can do it on the subway now, you know, just find 20 minutes, close your eyes and do your thing Mm -hmm. can be extremely recharging. And it's like crucial to my life now. Yeah. Yeah. But if I could do it twice a day, it would be even more crucial. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's hard, well, it's a, Yeah, it's, you just have to be tough on yourself. And also thinking, yeah. like, 20 minutes sounds like a lot. And then you remember what you did the last 20 minutes. You've been looking at your You're phone. You're on Instagram. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, when you look at your fucking screen time report that pops oh, up now and makes you want to die. Oh, don't, don't even talk to me about <laughs> it. I need to be better at meditating because I my brain... I have a very ADD mind and I need to quiet it. Mm -hmm. So I'll maybe meditate once a week, but I should be doing it. We all should be meditating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just in, that's just my general. They teach it to kids now. Yeah. Yeah, Really? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's some schools that do. I think my nephews and nieces go to school. Kids are mad bougie these days. I know. (laughs) Remember when we were kids, my mom was like, here's a cardboard box. Go play. Yeah. No, but because it's been proven to be scientifically beneficial to a human being. So it's it's also free. I mean, yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. We don't give our schools any budget in the U.S., yeah. but you can <laughs> Tell teach free meditation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Forget um, the parachute game. Just go sit. Yeah. Meditate. Oh, the parachute yeah, game. I remember that. Oh, so good. Uh, Never forget that. No. Um, okay, Lolita, question. If someone who's listening is like, you know what? This has inspired me, and I would really love to buy a piece of art by any artist, but in particular, like an awesome female-identifying artist, mm-hmm. what's the first step? Where the mm. hell do you look? First step is reaching out to me. Okay. Boom. <laughs> and then uh, if I'm in New York, I'll give them a tour of the of the art. I'll show them a little bit what there is on the walls. Okay. If not, I can talk to them on the phone. Or usually what I started doing when people have some kind of interest about an artist that they know nothing about, yeah. I usually will attach um, more than like the price information, but also attach a little bio so that I can learn mm, about the nice. artist and yeah. see if at least it connects with them. That's right. awesome. Um, and uh, and yeah, I mean, it's it's intimidating at first. Everybody's first 
piece is a little bit scary. And then once mm-hmm. they get into it, they're just like, oh, this is actually not that crazy. And like, you know, I still could pay my rent even though I, you know, right. spent <laughs> yeah. $500 on an artwork. Yeah. Right. Uh, so it's, it's, um, it's a little bit of a of a mind game, but it's clicking and and once it clicks, it's it's fully on. So okay. first step is usually to just like reach out to me. Honestly, where okay. can people find you? Uh, they can find me on my website. It's www.lolitacross.com. Uh, on Instagram, it's L O L I T A C R O S. S as in Sam, yeah. Right. Um, only one S, one please. S. One S. <laughs> S. Um, and then Instagram also. If you look up Lolita Cross, you'll find my uh, filled with a beautiful artist Instagram page. Um, and uh, yeah, all the pieces are listed on my website. So you can also like scroll through it, see what you like. And then like, honestly, I can give you a tour of the wing whenever. Like if you, I'm sure if you like, I'm there almost every day. Can you do it if you're every a day. non-member? If you're yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. People have like guests and stuff. So cool. I just like bring them as my guests and show them the space. Oh, cool. Uh, cool. So a lot of them end up joining the wing at the end. So it's yeah, like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. Um, what cities are the, are the wing, the wing is the wing in right now? Uh, right now, New York, three locations, one in Brooklyn, two in Manhattan, mm-hmm. uh, DC, San Francisco, and opening very soon in other locations. Yay. Uh, yeah. Chicago, Seattle. LA. Where are you um, traveling to next for uh, those who aren't in New York? LA. LA. Yeah. And when, when are you going to be in LA? Um, I don't know yet because the date <laughs> hasn't been confirmed. But Put you in the hot soon. seat. Where are you going? What are the dates? What yeah. time? Where can people stalk you? When we know. <laughs> when we know, we'll let you guys know. Um, and what else do you have coming up outside of the wing? So I've been working. I, so I basically have an Instagram series called Studio Visits of the Day, uh-huh. which started very organically just because I was be- going to people's studio business and I was like you know people should probably know that I'm seeing all those great mm. artists um, so I started taking their photos in their studios and people really liked that and discovered artists and bought artists through those visits um, wow. and so I was like you know maybe I could have a little bit of an experience for a close group of people of collectors and of just like creative souls who I know would like this specific mm. artist and so I would bring them to their studio and then have a film crew like film everything so that then that that film can live for like a wider audience um and so i'm doing one on the 26th of february with aaron o'keefe okay uh, who is one of the artists that we have uh in dc who's really really great and i went to her studio and to understand her work you really have to listen to her talk about it and also seeing her studio because she's got like a studio within a studio Uh and it's pretty amazing to see that so uh and there's so many art like so many either artists or or uh collectors are just like interior designers who who I know like her work that mm. I really wanted them to see her so I'm I'm excited to have them all in one in one room to like kind of connect with her and and exchange and uh, and yeah and then that video will live on my Instagram's first studio visit of the month that's <laughs> awesome yeah why are you in the US <laughs> when I have to this? ask why are you um, here like Good as question. opposed to any other place or France or I went to high school here okay so I got here I was 16 years old I had um, the two best years of my life mm-hmm. um, in high school. I had all my friends here. And then uh-huh. by the time I was 18, I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to go to school here because my life is in New York now. Mm. Okay. Uh, so I went to Bard. Okay. Uh, so at this point, it feels like home. Yeah, yeah. This is definitely... I have like two friends living in France. Got it. And even my family is like across the world. Like mm. I don't even have like yeah, yeah. that much of like 
bond to to friends right except yeah. emotional obviously yeah 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 i mean honestly the reason why i asked it which is it sounded like a stupid question but it's because i'm just interested professionally why you would choose to be here as opposed to it was just natural oh yeah. well especially i went to, so to since i here. went to school here yeah it was just kind of like well i'm staying i'm staying i'm staying yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and i went to school here which in france would be like i mean i i think i would probably have to like take an equivalent test or something mm. i don't i don't think my mm. diploma brings anything to french workers uh-huh. um yeah. so i would probably have to like re-go back to school or something huh. and on top of it i was always told that if you study our history in france you're going to be a you know high school teacher uh like there's uh-huh. no career for studying our history people go to school for business to do business they go to school for you know management to be a manager yeah. it's like very very like you know by the book and when you're 16 years old not even when you're like 13 years old you're like already asked to like make certain choices for uh-huh. like your future self yeah uh, which is crazy to me yeah but uh anyway so i remember taking art history like classes when i was in france and being like wow this is so fun but i mm. just knew that i couldn't make a job out of it and then when i moved to new york i was like oh you know what i might i might just try that yeah because yeah. in new york i knew plenty of people like this, sure. this the father of my best friend studied art history and now he's like a perfume guy like he has like a business in perfume and it has yeah. nothing to do with it you right know? It's like oh you can do whatever you want you can just have fun for four years and then graduate and like do something else totally. yeah yeah um, i was just talking to an italian friend of mine who still lives in europe and he was like it's really hard to become an artist in italy now because from the second you're born everyone tells you we've already had michelangelo we don't need you like we've already yeah. done the greatest art that will ever be done on this yeah. earth and there's just so little support or sense of like that's you so too silly. could grow up to be an amazing artist yeah artists they're so focused on the history of yeah it. yeah that's very european in yeah. france i feel like it's it's very similar although there are some really good artists and new infrastructures for artists that i've, okay. I've seen popping up mm. in paris so, yeah uh, i'm gonna check it out next time i'm there oh, there you <laughs> go all right so before we let you go will you do a round of the hot takes wheel with us oh yeah okay okay i'm scared I love uh, you should wheel. be <laughs> okay so the rule with the wheel is you spin it and it's okay. still <laughs> janky as fuck. We really need a better wheel. Um, okay, spin on. it, and then whatever topic we land on, mm-hmm. we just have like a quick fire debate about it. Okay, just your immediate <gasps> okay. thoughts. I mean, it's not. It's not always oh, debate. And... It's literally falling apart. Okay, well we understand. <laughs> yeah, okay, the yeah. Piece Give it a hard just spin. fell onto the ground. Okay, Great. so it was not okay. hard at all, and it's in the middle. So there's. So you I can choose. I feel like we're on astrology. astrology. Okay, astrology. So the question is: astrology helpful or not? Do I start? Yeah. No, you guys start. I okay. really know nothing about astrology. Um, so I love astrology. It is my jam. Um, I'm a Pisces, but I also am a Leo rising, and I have a Pisces moon. If anyone knows what that means, but I'm so a double it really Pisces. means something. It to means you. something to me, and not to the. Se- I'm not. I don't go every day to say, "What's my day going to be like today?" Stars, uh-huh. like, fine. I'll read like my monthly horoscope. It always says I'm going to be rich, but I'm dirt <laughs> poor, so it's a fucking lie. <laughs> but um, I do think astrology is helpful, just in underta- understanding. Sorry, your demeanor and why you act a certain way I think so sometimes you believe for me, the science behind it. I do okay. because I am very much a Pisces through and through I don't know what that means it means that we're um you know like what's Pisces floaty. Again? what month is that the March I was, I was born March 15th okay mm-hmm. yeah but we're like very dreamy and like you know emotional and whatever all that stuff but uh-huh. sometimes it just helps me understand like I like to know the signs of people I'm working with like in a team just so okay. I can understand like temperament, how sure. to get along, like what our work styles are going to be like, right. because I do believe in that heavily. So helpful or not, I think it totally depends for me. It's just a nice addition. I'm a very spiritual person. I love the stars. So I don't know if it's helpful, but I do enjoy it. Would you or have you, um, would you date someone who is astrologically incompatible with you? Um, or is that a huge red flag and you won't go there? 
so I, like you said earlier, love doing things that I'm not supposed to do. So if <laughs> okay. I know you're not compatible with me, I'm going to try. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to try. Yeah. Um, actually, the person I'm dating right now is an Aries. And I don't think that Pisces and Aries. Actually, maybe we are. I'm going to have to look that up, but I'll let you know. I don't think okay. I don't. Well, we'll, well, I'll get back to you. on that. OK, so you take it into account, but you wouldn't not do it. Yeah, I'm not going to like rule my life because the stars are telling me to do a certain thing. OK, but it's just like useful information it. to have. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So if something's not working out with someone, you're like, well, they are this sign. And so yeah. I have to take this into account. It's fascinating. Yeah, I I don't know a lot about <laughs> it. And I feel like it's become more and more of the norm to mm-hmm. be into astrology. It used to be like a fringe thing. It was very like woo woo, like only yeah. kind of yeah. hippy dippy people are into it. And yeah. now everyone's kind of into it. Because so, everyone loves doing what's trendy, which is annoying. Sure. Like, you might not be into the stars, but you're like, oh, the Astro Twins are doing a gem yeah, yeah. gem study and on fucking, I don't know, in <laughs> Soho. Let's all go because it's cool, right? Um, what are you though? Virgo. Mm. Does that feel right? My sister's a Virgo. Okay. Um, We'll talk later. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I love... I get the same reaction about Virgo as when I tell people I'm an only child. Right. That's exactly what it is. There's always this like, polite <laughs> yeah. adjustment like, oh, yeah. Okay. That explains some things. What month cool. is Virgo? September? Uh, late August into mm-hmm. September. Yeah. I feel like everybody's a Virgo. Everybody's in, born in uh, September. Yeah. There's I a lot of Gemini, rising Gemini. Ooh. Oh, Gemini is the crazy one, right? Yeah, the, you a yeah. double Gemini. <laughs> yep. I kind what of that love mean? that. Gemini. Can you read her now on the podcast? Like, you know what's funny, though? And I'm not just saying this to say this, but I was going to say that you're a Gemini, but I didn't because really? I feel like sometimes people get offended when you assume they're a Gemini. I don't think Gemini is <laughs> so, a So what thing, about our conversation told you that yeah. Lolita was a Gemini? It was just a vibe. It wasn't even a conversation. Oh, okay. Sometimes you just look just at like, someone. Like, I would look at you and think you were a Sagittarius. Oh. What does that mean? It's just my. It's We're my gonna vibe. talk about it later we'll too. About- okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Gemini's are dope. They get I get a bad along rep. with Gemini, so yeah, I'm down. Go. Gia, Woods, wait, are you supposed a- to get along with your same sign, or are you supposed to be like, yeah, it's you too can- much of the same thing? I mean, it depends if you're in a romantic relationship or a friendship. Like, I tend to surround myself with Libras randomly. Like, okay. a lot of my best friends are Libras, and my old partners have been Libras, hmm. um, which is weird. My sister's a Virgo. My mom's a Sag. I don't okay. Know. So, Lolita, you don't pay attention to it too much i don't but i do tend to um to gravitate towards where people born in like i think it's what you are pisces born, yeah in april like early april um so no that would be aries no aries is late I think april so. oh. it's aquarius pisces and then i think it's, it's either pisces aries. or aries anyway that's what a lot of my aries is march 20th aries has 20th. been Okay, so Aries. Okay. Yeah. Well, go Aries. A lot of <laughs> your partners are Aries? Yeah, I've okay. had, I've dated two, well, my boyfriend and ex-boyfriend and a really oh. good friend of mine are all Aries. Aries. Yeah. Is that a thing? They can, they can Aries a yeah, Gemini. Another friend of mine was it. a Gemini and he dated two Aries also. Yeah. Same thing, two days apart. Aries dated are very like strong-willed. They're very like, uh. And Geminis are too, so you need to be able to handle a Gemini. That's true. Who yeah. can handle me? Who handles a Virgo? <laughs> I'm in search of um, someone who can handle Aries, me. I would say Aries tep- typically need a Virgo sometimes. Oh, Organized, maybe. maybe they need a Virgo, me. but who does a Virgo need? I don't think you would like a Pisces, I'll tell you that. We're way too flaky for you. Yeah, I can't handle I know. Uh, anyone out there who's into astrology, Jesse is single and already <laughs> and to mingle. And she's a Virgo, so <laughs> hit us up. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, on that note, <laughs> we're done. <laughs> um, all right, so you already said it, but... 
lolitacross.com is the place mm-hmm. to find you. Yep. Uh, the Wing is another place to find yep. your work or you if you happen to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and thanks for joining the show. Thanks for having me. It was awesome me. having was so you. Fun. Hell yeah. This was a lot of food for thought. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm going to have a lot of follow-up questions for you after I process this conversation. Yeah. So okay. maybe I'm come definitely going to hit you up for a tour because I'm Love feeling real it. inspired. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, guys, thanks for listening. We'll see you As next time. usual. Oh, Female Gaze Pod at Female Gaze Pod on Instagram. You guys already know. We've been receiving a lot of dms and a lot of hot topic takes so thank you so much keep doing it we need a lot more takes actually um we're burning through them so keep sending us those yeah and thanks for your messages i love love you we'll see you next week Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.